Hi there, and welcome to the Interiors Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Neufeld-Flanagan, expat and interior designer based in Dublin, Ireland. This show is all about informing and inspiring you, homeowners and renters in Ireland, on all things around property, housing, and home, from self-building to choosing flooring. In each episode, we interview industry experts and homeowners to give you practical advice and the motivation to create and elevate your spaces. So welcome back to another episode of the Interiors Podcast. Today, I'm really excited because we're going to talk joinery. So welcome to episode 21 with Dogwood Designs. Welcome, Danny and Anna. Please tell us a little bit about yourselves and your joinery. Uh, Dogwood Designs is a two-year-old business. Um, We set it up in 2020, so going into our third year now. We're based in Westport, County Mayo. Most of our work is custom kitchens, so they're all handmade, generally from birch ply, a few other materials, but mostly birch ply. And bathroom vanities is another specialty of ours. Um, We have a range of custom bathroom vanities using birch plies and hardwoods as well. And your look is quite, obviously from your accent, you're not uh, Irish, your look Mm -hmm. is quite kind of contemporary, sleek, handleless, that kind of exposed plywood look, right? Yeah, so there's a bit of a there's a bit of an influence from from Australia. I'm from Melbourne, um, and as from Ireland, but we'd we'd been we'd spent the last fifteen or so years before we came here um, in Melbourne. So you obviously pick up some influence from there. There's probably different designs there than they than you sort of commonly see in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's that sort of Scandinavian influence that that you sort of see. Is very popular throughout the world now, and it's you know it's just a bit of a mixture, I guess. Um, yeah. The handleless thing is, you know, something I've always liked as well. You know, it's just a just everything's pure joinery. Yeah, you make a lot of beautiful details that you know make it really functional and easy to use, but there's no fuss of of hardware. So yeah. before we jump into kind of an educational lesson on yeah. joinery. I think we, we a lot of times we might assume people understand what joinery is, and a lot of people just think they're carpenters. Some people think they just do wardrobes. So can you tell us a little bit more about like the role of a specialist joiner like yourself and, your, and Dogwood Designs versus, you know, maybe the carpenter that a builder might have on site? Yeah, so I think the best way to look at it is, is you know, it's it's kind of impossible for anyone to do everything. So so there's a there's a there's a role for the carpenter on site, obviously, and and they're obviously skilled with you know their tools and their equipment and materials. But they're they're the kind of guy that that turns up to site. They've got a van full of equipment, and they can they can work. They're, they're set up and they're specialised for that. So the sort of thing I would do, or joinery that I would do, is workshop based. So there's it's all using slightly different equipment, slightly different tools. It's specialising. It's all your time in one area, and there's just just some attention to details that you probably wouldn't require doing the on-site carpentry. Um, now a lot of a lot of people could probably switch in between the two of them, but it's it, it's just sort of specialising in an area. You know, you you would often get a, a bit of an overlay where people expect you to, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? But but if you just think of it as something that's based in a workshop and and delivered. To a site and installed as opposed to built on site and built in. You know, sure. So. Like the carpenters putting up maybe stud walls and doing structural mm-hmm. things that are later going to be plastered or tiled over, exactly. whereas you're coming yeah. in and what you're putting in is a little more visible. So 
that's why there, there's that attention to detail, right? That's right. Yeah. So it's it's, it's a finishing trade. So it's a finished product. Um, you know, you basically wouldn't really want anyone working around it as such. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you you kind of want the building site stage of a project to be over at this time. Um, so you know, like the carpenters, you know, they they can they can help with installation of this sort of thing, but generally they they just they just don't have that. They're not set up to build um, joinery in those finer details. Yeah. And, yeah. And the service you offer is it like from design to you know helping people select and integrate appliances all the way through fitting tell me a bit yeah more. so to start with bathroom vanities um mm-hmm. there there's there's a, there's a few options that we we offer and then we talk people through some things that they probably haven't thought about like for example the the base and is it a countertop sit on the countertop or below the sure. taps come out of the wall or the taps come out of the countertop. Do you want drawers? Do you want, you know, these kind of little details? And then a kitchen's just an expansion of that, you know, like we would generally, the first question I would sort of ask someone, um, bearing in mind people have usually got a bit of a, an idea in their head of what they want, is appliances. They're the non-negotiables, you know, like yeah. if you've got a fridge that's 600 wide or you've got the double door that's 1,200, that has to fit. Do you, do you want the the big sort of chef's oven that's nine hundred wide, or the six hundred? You know, and then the, the cabinetry is sort of made around those um, those non negotiables. We can we can help out with countertops. Um, you know, using local suppliers and advise people how it all works. The just the methodology and you know what you have to line up here and there and and other trades coordination, but. Um, it really depends what the customer wants. A lot of time, a lot of the time, people could have a you know a very detailed drawing provided by their architect. Or okay, their gotcha. Designers. Some people send me their IKEA kitchen plans that they've done up themselves. Some people it's mm. just a hand sketch or a photo of their existing with a bit of a description. So it really depends. But you can usually, you know, we can usually talk people through the process. Like it's. Um, you, you get to understand it along the way and, you know, you see a lot of examples of, uh, you know, things that go right and things that don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the on that, on the things that go wrong, obviously mm. if depending where the um, building or renovation or extension stage is at, you might be stuck on the layout of where the drainage and the pipes and, yeah. and everything are going to go. In an ideal world, do you prefer when people come to you early on so you might help them with layout or do you leave the layout to them or the interior designer or architect? Look, ideally, you know, it's always ideal if people come to you early on because I think that's just a sign that, you know, there's a bit more planning and thought and preparation. Yeah. Um, it, 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 It is some, like, it is a specialty too, so, like, Architects' advice, um, interior designers' advice. I, I think people should really take that on board. Like they're specialists; they 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 can incorporate a kitchen design into the so it flows with the rest of the house, if you like. But you know, it, a, a lot of the time there's like a new build is one thing, but there's there's not always flexibility in an existing house. You know, and yeah, if you do want to, you know, for example, put your put your um, your basin and your dishwasher and an island bench, for example and your plumbing's against the back wall, then, you know, you've got to really think about budgets and all that sort of stuff, Um, you know, how far you can move plumbing, how practical it all is. So, um, 
again, yeah, there's no sort of hard and fast rule, but I think the earlier you're approached, the, you know, generally there'll be more planning, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. And, um, okay, so let's say someone approaches you, and I know a lot of your your kitchens, all your kitchens are, are custom, whereas mm-hmm. what you were talking about with the bathroom vanities and from looking at your, your website, so you have a few models for the bathroom vanities yeah. that you kind of develop and customize, but the yeah. kitchen is is more of like a start from scratch, right? That's right. Yeah. So it's a it's a start from scratch, and and in a similar way to the bathroom vanities, there's there's a few designs that we specialize in. Um, sure. But then apart from that, there's not really many limitations. You know, like um, people people can sort of ask for purely base cabinets and no overheads, or they want open overhead shelving, or um, you know, we want drawers within drawers or, you know, large drawers, deep drawers, shallow drawers. There's that sort of variation in it, but it's probably, for me, there's there's just a few designs that I like to stick to and it's just a streamlining thing, you know. I, I think for some of the bigger companies, that, um, it's it's not a problem to to sort of to have a dozen different designs um but but for a small sort of uh contractor it, it it's, it's better to streamline you know we can concentrate and, and just get a better result and people come to you for that specific look like yeah, there's exactly. there's a cohesion there like they're they're not going to choose you to do like a shaker kitchen with exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah so that, that that's the that's the classic is, is you know i get the email the shaker kitchen and 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 it's just it's a it's a different setup, you know. Like yeah. you know, to to make that sort of picture frame style around the doors is is just something that uh, it, you know it's uh, like it's a nice effect, but there's a bit of work in it. And and like I'd be my bread and butter would be like a different design. So to sort yeah. of to to retool for that shaker effect just doesn't work for for a business like this. And I think a lot of, I think what you've specialized in, the plywood look has gotten so popular over the last few years. Yeah. And and look, there doesn't, we, we're kind of lucky. There doesn't seem to be that many people that can offer it mm. um, for one reason or another. I don't I'm not, you know, but um, it is a bit of a niche market for us. Yeah. So on materials, I would love to talk through kind of the, the different tiers of a kitchen because a lot of people don't understand, like, if they go and buy carcasses from a cash and carry, or if they yeah. go to Ikea, or if they go to, you know, an entry-level kitchen shop or a or a joinery that customizes everything, what are the kind of three or four tiers and what are the materials within it? And we let's walk through it in detail because I think people have no idea sometimes and yeah. they don't like to ask. So, yeah. tell us. <laughs> so. Look, when you when you look at you know probably ninety percent of the kitchens uh, and and cabinetry, that's I guess for use of a better word, the mass produced stuff, the mass yeah. market. There would be a, some sort of a chipboard or melamine uh, carcass, mm-hmm. and the doors would generally be an MDF product, and that could be vinyl wrapped. It could be spray painted. Um, it can you know, or they can be a, a melamine. Uh, chipboard-based door as well. So that's that's probably the sort of product you'd find with with a lot of the, the mass-produced, the cash-and-carry style IKEA uh, designs. Okay. Now, they're, they're very generic. Uh, they come in certain sizes, certain widths, certain colours, 
generally just an imported and 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 off you go. Um, now that that material, like there, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I'll just start by saying that. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, <laughs> they're they're everywhere. Um, but the I guess like it's quite soft. Like MDF, for example, <clears throat> if you if you ever hit a painted MDF cabinet. Um, and you chip the corner of it, like, you know, if that's from Ikea, good luck. Like, you've got to go and buy a new door. You, okay. you, can't, you can't touch that up really, you know. You, you, might you can't use wood it. filler and et cetera. No, no, you'll always yeah. see that, you know. So I think, like, with with a, with a timber kitchen, the, the sort of stuff that we do, for example, um, you know, like if they're hand-painted, you, you, can, you can get that paint again. Yeah, you know, if there's a mark or a dent or a bruise that can be sort of sanded out, and you can even sort of go to the extent of like, and 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 a lot of guys will do this in a workshop is where you, you're you're doing repairs as you go because during the process you might find some damage or sure or damage it yourself where you can actually sort of cut pieces out and and insert pieces, sand and fill on them, and off you go. So and and just that material is a little bit tougher as well. Um, the the difference also like. Budget-wise, like you know, prices are all over the place at the moment. But you could, you'd probably be paying about five times in some instances for a sheet of like high-quality ply than you would for a melamine or a or a chipboard. Okay, let's let's break this down even further. So Mm -hmm. the the chipboard, the MDF, and the plywood all serve as kind of the the middle material in a sandwich, right? And a lot of times that's not visible, except when you're doing kind of a, a naked plywood effect like yeah, you do. Yeah. And, okay, what's the difference? What exactly is the chipboard versus the MDF? And the MDF is a little stronger than the chipboard, yeah. right? The, the chipboard, well, if you think of it this way, like MDF will be very uh, finely ground. It's like a sawdust and glue mixture, essentially. And then you can get different ranges of MDF, like moisture-resistant MDF and that sort of stuff because obviously, like, if, if moisture gets into that, it's just going to swell and that would, um, you know, you'd see that at the bottom of kitchens a lot. You'll notice little bits of damage where somehow moisture's got inside. The chipboard, now, the chipboard would be like a, a grainier version of that, like thicker granules sort of just compressed and stuck together with the glue. Generally, yeah. chipboard—you don't get that fine finish that you would spray paint. So, so that would have the melamine um, coating applied to it, uh, or the vinyl wrap. So, it, it's a, it's similar to the MDF, but it's again moisture gets in, it um, it would swell, expand, and 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 it's sort of those materials are a little bit more brittle. Like if you hit a corner of them, there, you know, you're in trouble there. The plies, like there's there's million different grades of ply sure the stuff that we use um is birch ply um and then to step it up another level we'd we'd put a a veneer on a birch ply like a genuine timber veneer usually oak there's other varieties available but oak seems to be the go-to the birch ply it's a higher grade timber so it's i think it's probably 13 odd 12 or 13 sheets of of timber, laminated, yeah, compressed, laminated, right? Different directions, cross-pressed with a high-quality glue, which okay. is very, very noticeable. Like these sort of things are very noticeable when you work with them. So, if you imagine putting a 
if you if you got all these materials together, MDF chipboard, um, some cheap ply and some birch ply, and put a screw into the end of them without pre-drilling a hole, you would notice that that screw would just open the sheet up. If mm-hmm. you like for example, whereas... It crumbles the, around the ed- the edges, right? It crumbles right? around, yeah. yeah. And you, you'll notice with the birch, like, it really it really holds the screw well. And that's the that's that's one of the qualities of it. Like, it's so it's so good for joinery. It's so versatile. You can fix it to anything, and it's, and it's a very solid base, you know. And the, look, there's no timber in the world that's it's waterproof as such, but they use, like, waterproof glues between those sheets and as very noticeable compared to some do, of the other. Do they treat the sheets before they compress them into the plywood board? I'm not exactly sure, but it's... Yeah, we're um, getting very technical here. <laughs> yeah, 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 like the, the process, but the, I don't I don't think they do. I think it's raw timber on the outside. I'm pretty sure, okay. like, you, you couldn't, you couldn't, if you cut it in between the grains, like, you can... You can cut, sorry, in between the sheets, like yeah. you can expose like a perfect sheet below. Okay. If you like. Now, okay. they're only, you know, one one or so millimetre thick, so you've got to do that perfectly. But you can see there is that the sheet they put on the outer layer is is the same quality throughout. Okay. So the inner layers of that sandwich. Um, whereas so... You could get some, say, structural ply, for example, and they'll have with some with a nice face on it. But those inner layers, like you could cut through that sheet, and and all of a sudden those inner layers have got holes and pockets everywhere, knots, mm. and all that sort of stuff. That and it's very inconsistent, and that's the the piece you know that you might need to you put a nail or a screw through, and it just crumbles. Or okay, no- so it's not if you if you don't go for a high quality ply, it might not be as structurally sound. Yeah, that's right. And then over years, you know, you've got to think about like, will that glue that's holding everything together disintegrate? Um, okay. How will that behave? Because the the theory with with ply, say in a kitchen, for example, if it's all if it's well coated, so I finish everything with um with water based polyurethane coatings to to seal that in. You know, if the water doesn't get in, then and the glue holds, you know, for longer than. Any of us are going to be around. We've got a long-term investment there that it'll stand the test of time. So we've got the chipboard at the lowest level, which you can't leave exposed mm-hmm. because it's so kind yeah. of thin yeah. and soft. So you wrap it in a plastic product, either melamine or vinyl. What about the paintability of that? That has to be kind of spray painted factory, right? Look, the the chipboard, yeah, the chipboard generally wouldn't get sprayed because. The finer, if you're spraying, you generally use the finer finished MDFs. Yeah. So, that, like, if you sand MDF, well, even the face of an MDF product is is ready to paint. Essentially, it's, it's okay. just the edge where you where you cut the edges. You have you can sand them until they're sort of like a glass like finish, and that's ready for painting. Um, chipboard, you could sand and sand and sand, and it would always have that little bit of texture. Which yeah. you know that, it can look nice that sort of thing, but you generally wouldn't see, you know, that that sort of effect. Like people want wipeable surfaces. Sure, uh, that's what the what I meant is the it's the melamine and or the vinyl that ends up being the surface that's yeah. being painted. But you can can you repaint a a kitchen that's finished in a melamine like that? You, you can buy paint to apply to PVC windows these days. Like there's a paint to, there's a paint for everything. Yeah, um, but does it look you can good? Paint over tiles. 
Yeah. Um, now, whether you want to do that or not is... <laughs> Look, you know, I wouldn't be encouraging people to throw their kitchens away if they think they can salvage it by painting it, put it that way. Yeah. But a lot of some things are probably unsalvageable. Yeah, look, to answer the question, there's probably nothing you can't get painted sick to these days, but some of it, you know, maybe not, maybe. Yeah. It's more like the the different levels of finish, and I'm just trying to yeah. think of the long-term durability and flexibility of a product. So with, with these cheaper doors, you might not get a great finish on it if you repaint it, so you might have to be replacing doors. I'm not, yeah. again, I agree, don't be throwing yeah. everything out. <laughs> no, we, we had a kitchen in... Um, in Melbourne with and, and it was it was an IKEA kitchen and yeah. it was it was one of the nicer ones. It was higher end but it was vinyl wrapped. Okay. And and I I didn't really think about it when when we bought it. But the that vinyl got damaged and they discontinued that range of kitchen. Oh no. So you can't you can't paint the vinyl and like you, you can't you can't go and you can't replace that vinyl, so you kind of all of a sudden, like okay, great, they've got you know. Of course, you can. You've got this. Um, you, you can change all the door fronts. Happy days, you know. But like, you've got to basically replace the whole kitchen because you've got a one damaged door front. Yeah, yeah, Which, not you, ideal. You know, it's great <laughs> that you can just do that and manage it yourself, but it's you know. The next level up is your MDF, which is just a slightly stronger com- compressed uh fiberboard right yeah that's right yeah so yeah. there'd be like there's grades of it so in a kitchen generally it'd be a moisture resistant mdf and 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 a good quality painted finish on it um, yeah right? and, and sometimes MDF. you can add a veneer to that too for like a, an even nicer finish oh, right 100%, yeah like we well I, I would use some mdf with veneers like i do like the veneers um you know veneer and sometimes you know if particularly in an area that's not going to be too exposed to dampness and water, you, you know, you, you're probably better off using an MDF, just one for the cost and two for the availability of some of these plies, you know, like everything's getting a bit harder to get. So if, if so like closets, wardrobes and things like that? Uh, yeah, look, they, these closets and wardrobes and things are something we don't really do, but you, you would generally like the MDF um, – for, and chipboard for closets and wardrobes are a good solution because the the one of the the things you've got to remember with those is there's big panels that are often self-supported, like say a sliding door. There's mm-hmm. no there's no sort of carcass or frame or anything for a sliding a large panel sliding door to attach to. So they need to be very stable and straight. And MDF and chipboard are perfect for that kind of application. And they're lighter, right? They are, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So with plies and that, using them for kitchens and carcasses and they're fixed to a wall and they're um, they're fixed together, you know, and braced and all that. Everything stays stable. But, I, I you know, I, I wouldn't want to be hanging a sheet of ply from, from rails in a bedroom, you know, that have to be open. Okay, yeah. It's really no good to... Yeah understand all the different use cases for things because it's not necessarily a case of like the most expensive is the best for for every type of product so it's good to know where you can make these these trade-offs like would you use an mdf carcass then in a utility if somebody wants to save money and they're doing ply in the kitchen yeah yeah i would and and a lot of people do um Mm -hmm. 
it's got to be well finished is what yeah. I would say. Like, um, and you just got to be like, say, a laundry is another example of a of a wet area that you know. Mm. If, I, if I was going to have say kickboards on the floor that you know I was mopping into, I'd prefer to have the plywood than uh, okay. Than the end. But, okay, so a lot of that uh, is it where where it's going to come into touch with water potentially. Exposure to moisture, you know, and then okay. you know everyone has got a bit of a different way of keeping their houses as well too. Like people often ask me, oh, how long till this needs to be recoded? You know, for a bathroom vanity, for example, if they want mm-hmm. you know the, the bare timber look and it, and you know without. You just have to point out, like, do you are you the kind of person that keeps the bathroom clean? Do you have the extraction on? Does it is it a, is it always damp in there? That sort of thing, like, yeah. You just need to consider that. Um, like a lot, yeah, of, that's a good lot point. Of, a lot of people like will sit face washers damp on their, you know, <laughs> on, on a piece of timber for three days, and or tooth or kids leave toothpaste everywhere. That sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and i suppose when you're when you're looking at the the outermost layer then you could also look at whatever finish you're using to like a a varnish that has a little bit more of a gloss and and water protection right in a vanity there's a huge range of finishes like generally one of my theories is you know i I use floor finishes so obviously tough hard wearing stuff there's there's a lot of brands. I won't go through them all now, but yeah. Like we're so you use floor to... finishes on your yeah. cabinet fronts, and that's like right. okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. That's so, smart. You know, if if it can be mopped and walked on, mm-hmm. you know, it it should be it should be okay to be wiped now. Cool. Um, that makes over sense. Years, like we we've changed the brands a little bit. Uh, pretty happy with the current one, but there's there's some others we've got an eye on. So I'll be making some some cabinetry using some new products in the next um uh well some stuff that is sort of work in progress at the moment. I'll be using some new products. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. So then let's talk about the ply. So you said you use birch ply versus other mm-hmm. plies because of the quality and the strength. Yeah. Yeah. And then I suppose the the veneer. Mm-hmm. So you can put a veneer on the MDF, you can put a veneer on the ply, yeah. or you can also leave the ply kind of exposed for a bit more of that, like their minimalist yeah. look. Yeah. Um, are there, I guess it's it's mainly a cost thing and an aesthetic thing if you're deciding to put a veneer onto the ply? Yeah, so I, I, I do a little bit of veneering myself, but generally yeah. you buy the sheets veneered. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can you can buy all sorts of veneers and apply it, but again, it's it's it is a bit of a specialty if you want it done. Okay. Done well, especially in like a in the the size of a large sheet, like you you kind of need a workshop that's got that space to to, gotcha. to glue it and leave it sitting there for a long time, and, you know that kind of thing. So so you buy them pre-veneered. Generally, like I say, oak is the uh, walnut you can get. You know, like if it's MDF, there's, there's a lot you can get. If you want, I try to get birch ply with a veneer applied to it, and generally oak is the is the go-to with long. So you can buy type. the MDF pre-veneered as well, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Pre-veneered walnut, pre-veneered oak, pre-veneered you know cherry, whatever whatever you like. Plenty of places that'll veneer MDF. The veneered birch ply is a little bit trickier to get, but it's available. Okay, and. How thick is a good quality veneer? Because obviously you still want to be able to 
like you said, if something gets damaged or stained, yeah. you, you want to be able to sand something and fix it. Yeah. So the, the veneers, they'll generally quote at only 0.6 of one millimetre thick. Okay. okay. So, they, you know, you, you have to take care sanding them. Like yeah. you don't want to go through too deep. Um, what you what you can do, like, you know, it, it's essentially, if you think of it, it's almost surgery with a knife. You can you can cut that veneer out and, mm. you know, insert like a, like a parquetry sort of insert and, and, you know, with a little bit of sanding that just disappears. Cool. Um, so you would just you things. would just buy an extra little sheet or get whoever did your kitchen. There's always an fix. offcut, you know. Yeah, yeah. there's always offcuts, you know. And yeah. and that's the beauty with um with with timber finishes and grains that there's there's that little bit of busyness or messiness that your eye doesn't notice. Now, if you did that to a to a spray paint a bit of MDF and and tried to patch it, like depending, like yeah, <laughs> like those sort of things that catch your eye, you know. Yeah. Um, which in, with the timber, you know, with that could have grains and knots and all that sort of stuff, and and different colours here and there. You, you you don't notice that sort of thing. Sure. Um, and yeah. okay, one of the things that I think people love with ply is obviously the edges. You don't have to cover mm -hmm. edges, and it's really no. pretty. Um, yeah. When you're doing it with an MDF, it comes the edges come pre wrapped in in that veneer, yeah. right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So, so like edges, um, like yeah, the the MDF edge would always need some sort of treatment, whether it's whether it's paint or uh, or wrap or the vinyl wrapping. Okay. Um, you, you sort of need that to disappear because that's what's going to suck in the moisture. Now, okay. Like ply, ex exposed ply, the edge, like it's an exposed ply look, but I, I still seal it with a clear coat um, cool. or a wax. It depends what. You know, like there's some there's some things I make. I use wax on just you know for different bits of joinery. But whether it's a wax or an oil or a or a polyurethane or whatever it is, that that edge should be sealed. Yeah. And what about veneering internals? This is something I see a lot of, and it can look really beautiful in the high end, especially you know kind yeah. of in a butler's pantry. Um, yeah. If you're if you're veneering internals, would you recommend going with an MDF? Like, is there would it be a shame or a waste of money to do that on a birch yeah. ply? Yeah. Look, I mean, if you're looking at the back wall of a coffee station, for example, there's no yeah. that bending birch. You know, so the the veneer on a on the birch ply and the veneer on the MDF are, are going to appear exactly the same, and you'll never yeah. see those equals. So, um, yeah, I would always save the the um the birch plied veneer for where it's going to be seen like if it's completely if you're never going to see that edge again you you, you know you you can you can put birch ply behind it but it, it'll get reflected in the budget you know so, yeah so you just want to pull back those costs where you where you can and and most people will will sort of assume or you know design it that way that, yeah like, and I think we kind of hinted at this but when we were talking about the carcasses that um, you buy kind of off the shelf and that a lot mm -hmm. of kitchen companies also buy off the shelf unless they offer oh, a custom yeah, service. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are the, the chipboard or MDF and of varying levels, right. Depending on what you're paying. Yeah. Like they, 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 those sort of, those sort of businesses aren't, they just wouldn't deal with the birch ply product. Like they'd be yeah. like gener generally importing, uh, maybe mm -hmm. there's some local manufacturers. I'm not too sure, but you know, they're, 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 it's almost 
it's almost kit kit form assembly um, that a lot of that a lot of those companies are doing. Yeah, um, like you can you can flip through a catalogue and, and order every part of a kitchen and assemble it essentially. Um, you know, drawer fronts, drawer runners, cutlery inserts. Uh, you know, you know bins, everything. Yeah, it, it, it's it's all there to be to be bought and assembled if you want. And, and that's a that's a business model. Like you know that, mm-hmm. that we can, you, you, anyone could go down that path in a way. So we just try to not do that. Around. Just a different market. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so what are the benefits you're making basically for people who are listening? The carcass is just the bare box before you you put the things yeah. in it. You're yeah. making your carcasses from scratch, which means you can uh-huh. fit awkward sizes, angles. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is the the main benefit? Because I think even with standard size kitchens, um, like if you're stuck with an IKEA thing, somebody can still just put like a filler bit on either end to make up for that so what is the main benefit of the customization of the carcasses yeah so so like i say like we said earlier with once you've got your appliances and you know you you know those spaces that that are going to be taken up Mm -hmm. and you you know you can have your your cabinets that are 600 mil wide 450 mil wide um off the shelf and you know or whatever whatever widths are available and then there's there's sometimes some little funny spaces left at the end um so the the difference is you know that that doesn't happen with custom built cabinetry yeah like we can we can make whatever the client wants to fit that space and whether that be like extra wide drawers or you know a little wine rack in between or Mm. uh, you know another press or a pull out larder or a spice rack um, and it's got the same interior as it does on the outside. Or, or sorry, it's got a, a birch ply handmade finish inside. So, you know, you can have drawer boxes where the, the sides are timber, the bottom is a matching timber, the, the runners are, are not visible, that sort of thing. Now, if you look at a lot of the mass-produced kit form kitchens and, and open up the drawers, in particular, you'll see they're just sort of pre-assembled kit boxes. You can see the mechanisms and all that. Yeah, this is you. You, you can get that sort of hand-finished, uh, custom appearance inside, which you know I, I think that it just adds to that quality. Feel. Makes a difference. Yeah, it does. And sometimes with those things, like uh, unfortunately, that's the kind of kitchen that this house came with. And you open the runner, <laughs> and you can see the plastic it sits in, and you can see the screw that's a little yeah, loose yeah. and you're just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I say we we've we've got one in our we we, we did it in Melbourne and and there, there's there's a place for it and there you know and there's a there's a there's a budget for it but like if if you you know if you want something a bit special and you know you you're probably looking elsewhere I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I suppose then the highest end it, or it cost would be then solid timber. I know you do a mix of solid yeah. timber doors and plywood doors. Um, yeah. And I know I've heard that carcasses in solid timber just aren't really what people do anymore just because of, like you said, moisture, swelling. Um, yeah. So sometimes people think like, oh, plywood. Um, no, I want everything solid timber, but they might not understand mm. the functionality of, of it. So tell us where you use solid timber where you don't and the cost implications yeah so so solid timber in cabinetry i always make sure 
that it is it is well fixed to a good plywood base. So okay. so if you imagine a door like mm-hmm. um, just a there, there's nothing apart from the hinges that door's fixed to nothing. You know, so years ago you, there would be a lot of solid oak kitchens and that. And and look, they probably there's a lot they probably still make them now, but that timber. It, now, like those trees are growing a bit quicker, they're felled a bit earlier, they're not dried mm. out as well. And and if that drying process happens while well, it's already been made into your kitchen, things are going to move. So anything that I use solid wood for would be like drawer fronts that I can attach to a good solid ply base, mm-hmm. you know, glued and screwed well so it doesn't move, um, which that's why it sort of lends itself to bathroom vanities with, like if you if you look at a lot of the stuff I do, they won't have solid wooden doors. Mm-hmm. Draw fronts, yeah, that and and the sides that can be solid timber because it's got a it's got a good substrate to fix to. Okay, um, so you don't use yeah. it for doors, or you do in kitchens? No, not doors. No? Like okay, I, I now I have got some things coming up that that I'm going to be doing some hardwood finishes. The clients wanting hardwoods, so that'll be. Uh, that I believe is going to be ash and uh, walnut, but mm. you, you just have to consider how it's built and how it comes together. You know, like so that door, you know, if if, if they have off the top of off the top of my head, the doors for that will have a backing of ply behind them. You know, so okay. it'll be a small finish. I might end up making the the finished hardwood thinner. And attach it to apply. So, so it's kind of like a really, really thick handmade veneer in a way. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Think of it that way. Yeah. So yeah. Then, then, you know, the forces of the um, of the of the any timber wanting to move over time are not as strong as the stability of the ply. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because there's, there's two things, there's right? Sort of things that need to be considered. You know, like with with hardwoods, like. And so it's two things. It's the 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 warp how it can warp depending mm-hmm. on yep. the environment yeah. but it's also the weight of it right that needs to be supported properly yeah, yeah 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 that's right so there's always you know weight's always a consideration whether it's straw runners or hinges you know the amount of hinges the rating of hinges the the rating of the draw runners that sort of thing it's just something that's you know the general the general draw runner will hold 40 kilos sort of thing so you know that's that's quite substantial for any any draw. Yeah, but, um, you know you can when you when you're putting bins and all that sort of stuff on draw runners or, or larders, you got to think a bit a bit harder about that. And and doors is generally just attaching more hinges. You might notice if you ever look in a press, it's got you know a full height door. It could have four hinges on it as opposed to to two on your standard base unit. Okay, and why, um, like in this project that you have coming up, why mm-hmm. why are they pushing for for solid timber door versus a veneer? So this is a um, they've just got an inspiration from another project, basically. Cool. So and 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 which is something that I generally sort of sometimes shirk out a bit. Like I, I, <laughs> every designer this. and maker ever. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, it's it gets back to that not being able to do everything sort of thing, yeah. but. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's there's some things have to be you know the size and the and you know that it's something I can look at and go yeah I can see how that's money or you know if you look at it and go that's going to be a problem yeah <laughs> <laughs> then that's going to be a problem but yeah this one 
they basically had some inspiration from another another house they showed us and I had a bit of a better look into it and you know did some research on how they did it and everything so yeah because um, some things look, are not it's, possible it's, 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 with plywood and have to be made in in solid timber right yeah the look, look you can I could so order ash veneers in a sheet form for this but they were very specific that they wanted different mm. materials like they wanted the hardwood finish so yeah um, it's also and and for me like it's a little bit of an opportunity to you know this might work out really well yeah and you know then there might be another kitchen in the range sort of thing yeah and mm. from a functionality point of view it means you have you can sand that wood more over the years oh, yeah. right yeah, like that wood's forever. Like you, you'll never, you'll never sand it too much, sort of thing. Like you know, there's always a way of bringing those hardwoods back to life. You know, like even if you, even if a bit was damaged, like it, you know, God knows how, but say a door broke, like you could always yeah. get the rest of that door made up again to match it. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's timber and get the stain to match, sort of thing. Like say if you if you picture a door made out of hardwood like that's never going to be one piece of, of hardwood you know they're, they're 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 too big so they're all joined pieces anyway yeah so yeah yeah okay you can always join another bit to it and actually on stains and stainability all your veneers mm. can be stained too right so they'll come in yeah. a certain finish on your pre-veneered mdf or ply sheets yeah. but then you can work with a customer to make it look like a color they want Exactly, yeah. So, they, so that that veneer, like when it's an oak veneer, it is it is actual oak. So it's not the it's not the malamine sort of yeah. um, oak image. It is it is actual oak. It's raw, yeah. so sandable. It's got all the imperfections and the characteristics of oak, and then it's just a matter of staining it. So you know you can you can choose from any any color there, from like the the pine to the walnut to the you know the ebony's there's even whitewashing you know there's a million different options there um the, the veneer is a really good option for anyone who wants the look of a of a and it's kind of the 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 status quo in the industry right to have a solid timber kitchen is like you said kind of from another era because of construction methods and the timber yeah, industry yeah. it sounds like it's, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's a worldwide thing with the timber industry, yeah. like, they, especially the hardwoods that are old growth. Like they can't they can't pump them out and and you know age them and process them quick, yeah. as quick as people people need kitchens. And, and there's stuff. the the whole sustainability deforestation and community oh, impact. Like I know yeah. a lot of tropical woods just can't even be used anymore like teak and mahogany and and all yeah, of yeah. that they have to find yeah. new types of woods yeah yeah a lot of that stuff like you just you you couldn't probably you probably probably shouldn't but you, you couldn't buy it any, anyway yeah and then like like i've only mahogany over here i've only looked at once or twice like some of the some of the timbers are a bit different between australia and and and, and ireland and europe of course but, but like a lot of people have said to me, you know, the mahogany you get now compared to what you would get, like you wouldn't even look at it. No, yeah. It's, and I've seen it in shops and you can tell when you see planks in there, they're so bowed and twisted, you know, mm. and just, you know, and it's just because the, the trees are felled, they, you know, they're, and they're, they're milled and they're sent out. Like, you know, you got some of these old bits of oak that are 
they're, they're so stable because they've they've acclimatized. You know, they've they've been cut, they've been treated, they've you know they've sat in the weather or whatever they need to do, and they've they've stopped moving. But that's that's a process that takes years, and that's yeah, it's just yeah. consistent. Yeah. Okay. So now let's talk hard brass. What could people be expecting at these different levels we talked about? So if somebody yeah. gets the cheapest kitchen, let's let's think of like a very standard size kitchen with a small island. Yeah. Um, if they go the cheapest, cheapest, is that IKEA or is that like pretty much buying it themselves? Sort of, you know, the likes of um, yeah, so the cash and carries and all yeah. that. So so that, I mean, you, you're gonna. Well, I think like generally your IKEA and your, your cash and carries, you, you're not going to be the prices there like, yeah that's definitely the cheapest um the options like and I, I do know they they have like like even ikea you can spend some pretty good money on the higher end ikea range like they've got yeah. a bit of a, a range uh, you know what you can get but they're it's and very, what is the difference of the higher end range is it like is it mdf instead of chipboard um, or uh, look i think it's 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 the finishes that, you know, things that are on trend and that sort of stuff. They might mm. have slightly different materials. Okay. But you yeah. probably find the carcasses are all the same. Maybe okay. some better quality hardware. You sure. Know, like the actual draw runners and the hinges, the soft clothes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but the doors and the panels, um, you know, they would go from the the plain white malamine at the, at the, at the bottom end, you know, to some pretty you know some nicer sort of timber effect finishes and yeah uh, more modern finishes and even you know the shaker style and that sort of thing like it's very um, sure okay okay it does cover they cover everything you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they make it their job so with that ikea level would it be kind of fair to say that you could get something in the 20k range uh, yeah, I'd say that's the higher end of IKEA. Yeah, yeah. so maybe yeah. T- fifteen to twenty, and yeah. it, would you? That's excluding appliances, right? Excluding appliances, yeah. I would think. Yeah. Now yeah. the the thing with IKEA, every time I look at it, like you've got to you've got to add it all up. So you, <laughs> by the time you actually you go through and choose every cabinet and every sort of drawer arrangement, it takes yeah. a little while. You can use their kitchen planner, and it'll give you a bit of a number at the end of it on what you selected. Um, but yeah, you, look, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine between ten and twenty grand, you know, you have a, yeah. a pretty, pretty good yeah there. before the the appliances. And I know something cool. There's a few companies that have come out and they make uh, the doors in good quality finishes, like in a, in a ply yeah. with yeah. veneered plies specific for the for the IKEA kitchen. So mm-hmm. if you're on a really tight budget, that can be a great way to get a bit of both worlds. Um, like yeah. if they can't afford the likes of uh, Dogwood Designs. <laughs> yeah, no, look, they, they are a great solution. That sort of thing, yeah. You know, painted. They, it's, a, it's a good, um, yeah, it's a good solution to 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 change kitchen completely. Like there's a whole, yeah. there's a whole, um, seems to be a whole industry based on Ikea hacks. Yeah. Call it um, <laughs> okay. And then if we're thinking kitchen companies, pe- these are companies, maybe like a more mid-level one. So they're still yeah. they're not customizing their carcasses. What could one expect to pay versus the IKEA, and and what are you getting? Look, I think, I well, firstly, I, I don't know like all the kitchen companies' prices, but sure. I, I wouldn't imagine you're going to walk out of a kitchen company um, with any change from fifteen thousand for a small kitchen. Yeah. Um, now, like a high end kitchen, 
you know, 40, 50 grand is not unheard of. Um, yeah. That would be excluding the appliances. Now, you you get all the the quality hardware. Um, there's, you know, and there's a lot of options that can be added in, such as glass into cabinetry. And sure. Lighting, lighting yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's all the bells and whistles that uh, they all add up, the extras. <laughs> okay. So we're, we're saying kind of 15, 20 IKEA, yeah. then maybe a more entry-level kitchen company, maybe 20, 30. Uh, yeah. Then a higher level kitchen company, 40, 50. And there, yeah. it, it, with a higher end company, you might be getting solid timber or veneered doors, right? That's right. There'd be solid timber or veneered. There would be, you know, there's sort of like the craft craft sort of companies that, you know, they can they can do anything a customer wants now. The, yeah. the price is there. I, don't, I wouldn't even know. Depends on what people want to do. But like if, if you did want a hardwood, uh, kitchen, like that. Yeah. I'm sure there's people that can can make that sort of thing, but um, yeah, it'd be priced accordingly. I'd imagine. You know, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of machining involved from something like the the form, like, and I, I see it with my bathroom vanities, the form that you buy, um, you know, some hardwood in to, you know, the amount of work just to get that machined into a into a usable piece of timber is. It's a, it's a lot going on behind the scenes. There's a lot yeah, of tools yeah. and, and expense in that. Because so. it comes in pretty dirty, right? <laughs> it comes in dirty and it comes in rough and it's, you know, it's warped and it's bent and it's, you know, like there's unusable parts with, you mm-hmm. know, knots that are too big and wastage and, yeah, so it's uh, like we, I, I buy things that, you you know, I have to mill it all down, you know, to be usable. Like, it, it takes a lot of time. And then yeah. you, you have to go and select it as well. Like I can't ring up and have someone deliver a heap of, you know, oak or walnut or something to me because they can come in any sort of size or shape. So, so that's what time you're time paying for a lot of time. It is, a, yeah. The labour I mean, and the expertise of somebody going to choose the, the pieces exactly. of timber. Mm. Literally choosing, kind of in your head, picturing, oh, if I get that, what can, how many, you know, draw fronts can that make? And, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a process. Yeah, it's the, the true craft, the true work yeah. behind the craft. Yeah, yeah. And, in um, comparison to sheet material, you can easily look at a big sheet and sort of do the maths in your head of how much kitchen that's going to cover. And then when we're talking specialist joineries, the main difference between a specialist joinery and a high-end kitchen company, I mean, depending, some high-end kitchen companies do make their own carcasses, mm-hmm. is that difference of the customize, customizability of making the carcass from scratch, right? Yeah, that's right. So all the carcasses, yeah. the drawer boxes, the shelves, the spice racks, um, all of that from scratch and okay. to, fit the, to fit the space. and. That uh, level of designability that you can sort of um, add into it, you know. Yeah, so back when we were talking like about, that, I guess, you know, exposed edges or concealed edges, um, open shelving here and there, that kind of kind of thing that that can be adapted. Okay, so there's all the extra little bits you can add to it. And before, when you were talking about the customization and the main benefit, it's like you're losing a lot of little spaces if you like. For example, I'm thinking of a kitchen that I that I've been looking at, and there's you know a chimney breast that's being taken out, and there's a hearth mm-hmm. that's being left there. So you only have a limited amount of space. You put in your mm-hmm. range. There's only certain amount of space on either side, and if it's an awkward yeah. odd number because it's an old house, 
um, yeah. okay, you're going to get, you, you actually can't fit two 450 Ikeas, let's say. Yeah. Um, so you could do 433. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Or you have to put these bitty 300 bits on either end. And then what? Then you're going to have this flat piece on either side and all you have are these skinny pullout drawers yeah. when what you really need is like, you know, big spoons and things for, for cooking with that. You, if you, if yeah. you got that extra bit, it all adds up. Right. And it looks and, weird. Yeah. You, you, and, and, you know, like they're an investment and they're something you've got to live with, you know, and, and, and use, they've got to be functional. They've got to look nice. Um, mm-hmm. So you really want to think about that, you know, like, do I want those kind of filler pieces that are essentially, you know, like they're, they're kind of useless sometimes, yeah. but that's what fits. Um, so, yeah, I just think about that sort of thing when, you, when you're looking at kitchens, like, you know, how long am I going to live with this thing, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, they are important. Like the kitchen behind me, I can see, like, I'm looking <laughs> at these little spaces and, you know, they just, they, they invite mess or they, you sure. know, they just they don't function well. You know. Sure. So you haven't had time to do your own kitchen yet? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Between, uh, we don't have time to do anything. <laughs> That's good. You're keeping busy. Um, okay. And so price range then uh, with yeah. a specialist jo- joinery such as yourself, if you're doing plywood carcasses and veneered yeah. fronts, are we talking in, in the 4050 range too for this same kitchen or are we look, talking a little more? No, so the thing with uh, with dogwood, like it's not a huge overhead based business at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's it's probably relatively competitive to the to the mid range kitchen companies. Cool. So okay. you probably wouldn't, you know, you'd be in the high teens for an average kitchen. But what? Then, you know, yeah, like like it's a you know the smaller sized kitchen I should say. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Then then you'd be you know the high twenties can be hit pretty pretty quickly. So it really depends on on what people want. You know the combination of how many drawers. You know like there's a big difference between building drawer boxes and building presses and uh, and the hinges, right? That's where the cost comes in. Yeah, and all that the drawer runners. Yeah. You know the quality stuff's expensive, and then. And tall cabinets versus base cabinets and overhead. Mm. So there is a bit of a range there. Like it just needs to be thrashed out a bit. Okay. Well, that is that seems like a pretty good competitive price range. But like you said, it's because you're you're specializing in a few different styles of fronts. Yeah. You you are like you said, you, you're keeping a lean team. <laughs> yeah, like we're not running the big CNC machines and, and stuff that the, gotcha. the big companies do, you know, like everything's yeah. handmade. So so there's obviously the time and expense in that, but that's probably offset against the the big factory setup that the bigger guys need, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, really expensive machines. sort of thing people like they'd be well advised to look at the the sort of handmakers as well just out of interest, you know, to see yeah. where it all sits. Yeah. yeah. And so what things can you not do given that you don't have a CNC machine? So people can understand what they're what they can, what they're used um, for. Look, the, the CNC machine is is very good at accurate repetitive cutting. So so you can essentially put a pattern into a CSC machine to say, um, you know, this is what the solid panels of the kitchen will always look like, the front doors will always look like the drawer fronts, and you know, press plane will cut it out. Mm-hmm. And, and and it'll be cut out perfectly. So 
in saying that, you've got to set it up. Like if, if so, if if you and want you have to, to buy the bits, stuff, right? Oh yeah, the tooling and everything would be very expensive. So and and it's got you know if you if you have to set it up for an individual kitchen, you know, or a piece of furniture, like there's there's obviously set up time and entering our programs to get them right. So the difference. You know, like I'm literally hand cutting every piece as you know to suit this kitchen, to suit that building. Wow. Um, you know, the people, like for example, someone might come to me and say, "I've got this base and it's this big and that big. So can the vanity be this big? It's got to fit in that area." So, like, you know, and I might be doing several vanities at a time. Like, there's no sort of CNC cutting for that. Like, everything sure. has to be considered hand drawn, hand cut. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a bit of a different operation. I think if you were to go down the CNC path and invest the money in a CNC machine and some of the other equipment that goes with it, that's what you're going to want to be operating all the time. Yeah, so gotcha. it pays for itself. Um, yeah. So. Well, it's good for people to also understand the trade-offs of what you get like versus a small local supplier that they might find like you and on joineries mm-hmm. that, do higher volume and can use the the cnc yeah. they might be paying you know 10 20 grand more but the kitchen might be faster maybe there's specific things that they can do yeah. in a cnc that that you can't do when it's handmade some people also really yeah. love that that something is handcrafted from a a to z there's there's no, a yeah, the handcraft thing is is definitely an appeal yeah yeah and 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 i'm not sure whether whether i'd enjoy you know, entering programs into a CNC and yeah, <laughs> you know, walking away is my kind of thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, you know, fair play to them, as they say. <laughs> I wouldn't mind having a CNC for you know to mess around with and some smaller projects. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So again, it's just the, a, it's just a slightly different game. So your tambered finish, like the fluting, you're doing that by yeah. hand then. That's all hand cut, yeah. Wow. So yeah, so there's these sort of things like they yeah they they take a bit of time, but there's a that's yeah, a that's beautiful. Like to sort of expand into a bit more. Like I'm getting a lot of interest in that, but the 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 problem well, I shouldn't say problem, but what I find is that the, the kitchens and vanities are such a um, bread and butter thing, and I get so much demand for them. I'm trying to find the time to 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 do more tambours, and that would be yeah nice. Amazing. Well, thank thank you for walking us through all the the kind of <clears throat> the technicalities of all of that. So, what is your kind of formula when somebody comes to you and they're like champagne taste on the on the beer budget? Um, <laughs> you, yeah. Would you do? So you you would you would probably sounds like you strongly recommend a plywood carcass if possible, yeah. right? I, I prefer the plywood carcass. Like that's okay. my preference. And and to be honest, I don't think I've been yeah, yeah. I I would say it's purely plywood carcasses for me. So yeah. if it, if that if that budget really becomes an issue, it's probably not my my kitchen. But um, so so say at a base level, it would be a birch ply. Okay. Um, yeah. So and veneered, or then veneered I guess you can is also a bit of a step up. So I would yeah. I would never veneer the carcasses. I mean, yeah. unless someone really did have a champagne budget, they yeah, can have veneered carcasses, no problem. But um, I just, I just don't like. I haven't come across that. There is, it is quite a nice effect to have that the blonde finish of 
birch ply within a cabinet so you can have yeah. dark or painted cabinets and that contrast is lovely like most people never sort of look past that i think that's sorry yeah thing. it's not necessary when you do ply it would be it, like we were talking about no, earlier no. if you yeah, wanted no. veneered internals that's only worth it if you're then have if you have the savings of the mdf and then probably the ply is more cost efficient right than mdf yeah than, yeah. yeah yeah and and look the thing with mdf too like there's there's treatment involved in mdf that like i don't have to go down that path with ply so you mm. know whether it's say if it's an mdf um veneer and we want to cut the edges of it like everything's going to be cut that edge has to be we have to put edging on it yeah and then and it doesn't look the same it. at all no it's not the same and there's work no. involved in that as well whereas the ply it's more of a sand and a seal yeah and it's, and it's a you can see the kind of the sort of mitered edge on the flat yeah. surface of it yeah. you know where where it's exactly. been tucked over and it's not it's not the same um okay so plywood carcass um Mm -hmm. and then uh your pre-veneered plywood is what you seem to do for the majority um and then your your really beautiful kind of i see you do some gorgeous recessed finger pulls and handles in a lot of your vanities um so you can use that or you have these little lips too and are those those are from plywood as well yeah so the 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 circular door pull I think that you're referencing I use that yeah. a lot the draw pulls so they um, they have to be either um, hardwood so mm-hmm. bathroom vanities the fern side range we do with solid oak yeah and then the other ones we would use an oak veneered birch ply and the reason being because of that uh, that finger pull like. When that's cut, that's the exposed finished inside. Of course, so, yeah. You know, you can't go sort of veneering that internally. You could, you could potentially paint it, but if it was MDF and paint it, yeah, it's not. It just wouldn't really work. So, so you want the solid, the solid edge is going to be exposed within that finger pull. Yeah. So, so if you do it in ply, you need to be happy with those edges showing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it becomes a feature if you like. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you got to just remember that, I guess, with those finger pulls or handleless kitchens or whatever it is, like you, you're digging into the material like, and, and you're exposing that edge, so you want a nice material to be exposed. Yeah. And in terms of the non-veneered plywood, the mm-hmm. it seems like some people leave the raw finish. Some, yeah, yeah. Also, I see there's one, you have like an in-frame plywood kitchen, which has been painted black with the, the yeah. frame left in the, in the raw ply. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, and that's that's a that's a very common sort of request I get, and so so people give me paint colours and just give me a paint code. So it's yeah. only the faces of the doors and drawer fronts that are that are coloured. In, internally, okay. they'll still just be clear coated. Yeah. Um, so the birch the birch paints really well. You can stain it as well. I, it's I probably wouldn't recommend staining it so much. I prefer a veneer. Yeah. To, yeah. Um, you know so it's like if you ever see like oak that's you know with a black finish or something like that a walnut um, that comes up really well whereas if you do that on a stain on just a raw birch it's uh the, yeah I, I don't think it works too well not, not okay and why is that is it just because of how I it's been the grain, the grain. The grain okay. pattern is a bit of a it's a subtle thing like um it's a it's a bigger, wavier grain on um, sure on, compared to that tight sort of pattern of, of, of an oak or even an ash or something like that. 
Yeah, um, that has a little more just, texture. Like you can see the veins. Yeah, yeah it works. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you probably wouldn't always notice it, but but some timbers just work and some don't. And, and whether it's whatever your eyes drawn to, you you, you would you you might find like uh, staining a birch is is that kind of timber where you go, hang on, there's something not quite right. With yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. So, now, I don't want to offend anyone that's got stained birch, but there's <laughs> <laughs> a place for everything, as I say. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, you just you just need to, you know, maybe it is worth spending a bit more getting a nicer base to put that stain on because once yeah. you've stained it, you've sort of stained it. Okay. So you like the plywood carcass, and unless somebody's going for a bit more of that raw industrial look, I'd say most yeah. people are going for that, your kind of, your typical look, which is the veneered ply. With your yeah. your recessed drawer pulls or the the little lips that you put on the on, that give it such a pretty profile. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, those are also plywood. You said that's right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And so it's usually handle it some sort of handleless design. Yeah, you know, there's you, you can even go to push to open sort of. Okay, yeah. I'm not sure. Like, you know, from the feedback I get, I'm not sure that you want too much of that in your kitchen. Um, push to open? No, it can be annoying. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you lean open. against it, and push, the exactly. little the click yeah. mechanism stops going. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure exactly. for children, it's a great game to break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they, they look great and, and minimalist, but I think there's a you know they come with other problems. Yeah. So you just make sure that the pull is kind of has a, enough of a reset so a finger can can pull it out right yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so it's and it's, it gives a nice framing effect without being a frame yeah so mm. so that one you referred to with the painted doors and the in frame like the 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 actual the beauty of that is the doors there's no cuts or pulls or anything in the doors or the drawer fronts it's actually within the carcass frame that you yeah can get your hand i see that and get the purchase on which yeah. is, is quite a nice design. Uh, Very cool. Yeah. And you you can't paint, you could paint the frame too, right? But it would be hard. You, you can. So you can either, so that example is an in-frame kitchen in, in that yeah. the, the doors and drawer fronts sitting yeah. in the frame where it's exposed edge, yep. which that edge is used as a feature. Now, if you paint that edge, you'll always know it's a plywood edge, if that makes sense. Mm. It's like having a timber. Right, so you wouldn't do. It's sharp. You yeah, can, you wouldn't do in frame if you want to paint the ply. No, there yeah. well, not no. You probably put an if you're going to paint the, that ply edge, you might as well put an edge on the ply to get a yeah. something nice to paint, and then you'd be sort of thinking, well, why am I using that ply? Yeah, 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 yeah. Else, which yeah, so. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank look, you for walking yeah. us through through all of that. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh no, I was just going to say like. Um, <laughs> There are examples of kitchens I do where I do edge that. Um, <laughs> it's an exposed edge but of ply, but then I still put a, an edging on it because they want it to look like a solid hardwood. But okay. Anyway, so what you you apply a veneer to it? Yeah, just uh, just on that front edge. Yeah. Because just because of that problem, that it's very hard to like you can sand the edge of that ply. You know, and sand it and sand it and sand it, but you'll still know it's ply if you paint it. Yeah. So if if you do want it to to sort of just look like a solid timber, the only solution is to put a veneer of solid timber on the front of it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. 
Thank you for walking us through that. And um, do you serve all of Ireland right now, or are you just focused on the kind of the West? No, we we serve all of Ireland. It, it, it's okay. just a um, it's just a scheduling, you know, sort of thing. Like yeah. if, if I have too much travel, I'll, I'll you know I just can't take on jobs where I'm travelling all the time. You know, like sure. Spot Island geographically not being too big, like you can drive five hours. Yeah, town, it's, it's not Australia. Know. No, no. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you, know, you don't want to be five hours down the road and realise you've, you know, you've left something back at the yeah. workshop. So, so yeah, I, I, to answer the question, yes, I, I, I'll entertain jobs anywhere, but when it comes to actually, you know, accepting them, it, it, it probably depends a little bit on the size, the complexity and when it's needed. You know, like if it's, if it's going to clash with some other jobs that, with a lot of travel, then you know I just have to think twice about it. Yeah, and your bread and butter is your your plywood kitchens and bathroom yeah. vanities. You That's also right. do some loose furniture, like the sideboards yeah. and bedside tables that you have on That's, on your website. Yeah. You don't do yeah. wardrobes. No, so I get a lot of requests for wardrobes, boot rooms, yeah. laundries. You know, just just TV walls. Like we've done, I've done TV walls in the past, but I, I'm kind of getting you know, past some of them because, again, yeah. it's, just, it's just that extra thing that it's a bit of a distraction from the core business. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. looking at the the media <laughs> wall you did for tripod design in the in the raw oh, plot. Yeah. It's yeah, gorgeous. That's, yeah. yeah, that's lovely, that. So that's yeah. – that's, I still do those sort of things, but I sure. guess the, the TV wall that I get a lot of requests about is um, is timber slatted walls. Yeah, you know, of course. But they're yeah, they're a, you, you can buy those timber slates and just stick them to the wall like mm-hmm. and then it yeah. becomes a sort of an installation and getting back to that um discussion earlier about the on-site carpenters probably better suited to a lot of that. Yeah. And to yeah. save some money, you know, you they, they, anyone can do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like you, yeah. Oh, I, I bought my own slats on on Etsy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah and, exactly. And, and glued them to my wall myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, there's no point paying me to do that. Yeah. You know? Leave yeah. leave it for the the beautiful cutting of the the, re- the recessed round handles into the plywood. Yeah. That's that's where yeah, you, that's you should be spending yeah. your time in the workshop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. Thanks for walking us through all of that. So, what what we talked about a little bit was people should contact their kitchen designer as early on in the project as possible just so it, it helps I'm sure for you to be able to link up with the builder or the architect or whoever whoever else is involved to make sure you can make whatever they're designing and that it makes sense um and that the budget is taken into account right <laughs> yeah 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 it's all budget think about the budget that is probably the main thing because people people just have to um sometimes it's surprising sometimes people are like geez that's too cheap and other times oh geez you know that's too expensive you just gotta like it's gonna be the deal maker every time you know or deal break his his budgets so there's there's always a solution but you know and do you i forgot to ask this do you source the appliances for the clients after they've chosen them no i no i stay out of appliances so yeah it's the fitting so it's important for me or that the client gets you the tech data sheets for the appliances so yeah, get the appliances sorted early on because 
like most people say, oh, yeah, all ovens are 600 wide and all fridges are this and that. But, like, push comes to shove, if I say to someone, okay, I'm going to build that cabinet 600 wide, hopefully your oven fits, <laughs> they'll say, oh, hang on, <laughs> I'll get yeah. there, I'll get there. You know, and, and that that's the way it goes. But um, so, no, like I, I can I can point them in the right direction. And, like, the kitchen suppliers can often do deals with appliances and that that, that you know, um, that we can help out with. But generally people have sort of got that um, arranged, you know. They know the stand yeah. they want. They know the appliances. Um, they've got a bit of an idea of what they're after and then it's just working around that. Yeah. Okay, and yeah, yeah. sorry. So I was just going to say, be be mindful of lead time to the appliances as well. Yeah, yeah. Jobs, I've been really surprised at you know how long I've had to wait to go back to you know finish the oven or whatever it is. Oh yeah. God, yeah. And actually, on lead times, what kind of lead times are you looking at right now? So if somebody inquired with you today for a medium sized kitchen in the middle of the country. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I would say, like, to be comfortable, it would take me six to eight weeks to build a kitchen. You know, okay, that's not too bad. To, yeah, but now now on top of that, it, it depends on how many I'm doing at that time. Am I sure. workload? So, so at a quiet time, if somebody's, you know, I really need a kitchen, you know, it would be a six to eight-week turnaround. Um, six to eight now, weeks like, from the final design, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, the design's yeah. got to be sorted out. Now, that wouldn't happen today. You know, like if I was, if someone inquired with me today, like yeah. I'd probably be saying you, you're looking at the later half of the year currently. Yeah. So, okay. And, and I, look, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be booking up. It's it's hard to book up too far in advance at the moment. I find so many projects. This is probably the hardest thing with my business is um, is scheduling and programming. So many projects seem to be so wildly optimistic about when. <laughs> When they're expecting a kitchen or a vanity or whatever, the building, the building program, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah. not uncommon for me to be delivering things twelve months after they've requested it. Mm. It's, it's 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 not at all. So yeah, I know. Uh, I believe you. And I yeah. So I sort of tell people, look, this is the lead time. I've got no availability at the moment, but if something does open up, which often it does, because the kitchen I'm meant to be doing in May is now you know December then we can try and squeeze things in. And do you keep it all in your workshop then until it's ready? Well, that no, that all has to be worked out. Like that's yeah. another problem. Um, yeah. You know, like I have a small workshop. So um, the the options are, you know, like you can take and restore it or you can yeah. sort of, you can you can take the part and hope I'm available mm-hmm. when your job eventually gets done. But, you know, oh, you can't God. sit around waiting for, for you know, a million a million different things to go wrong on other people's building sites to yeah so beware you know, of the builders yeah, optimistic yeah. timeline so if, you, if you can take and store it that's yeah. the best option at least it's there because then that you know when when the builder suddenly clicks their thumb and goes we need it now um yeah. you know it, it, it takes the pain out of it and could somebody else fit that then or you you would still come back it can be fitted like generally yeah. i just do it myself but um yeah, uh, yeah just you know, because as I build it, I kind of I'm thinking of how it's all going together and how yeah. it fits the space and all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, look, it's, there's no there's no obstacle to to them fitting it themselves. Yeah, 
Is that a way to actually potentially save if you're getting a specialist joiner to make your kitchen? Could you cut out the fitting and have your builder yeah, fit it? Yeah. Look, if someone said the, my builder will fit this, then that could definitely be considered. Yeah, because you know people and, always and have their dad time, or yeah. their brother, yeah, somebody yeah, doing the <laughs> the works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As the interest rates go up, I think you'll find more and more people will have those. <laughs> yeah, they'll find their dads and their brothers. The barter builder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, no, look, there's, there's flexibility with all that sort of thing. But, you know, the, as the cabinets build up in the workshop, they they just have to go. So, yeah. so it needs to be, you know, unfortunately people, you know, you can't always have things exactly where you want them. Um, mm-hmm. So, so the, you know, if you can take them where you can, you're probably better off. But not everyone's got storage, you know. Of course, yeah. Um, well, we could. I could talk for many more hours about <laughs> all these things, <laughs> but I think we should probably wrap it up. And um, the the last thing I'll say is, I, I can tell from your your Instagram and you're working with designers, and you also, yeah. work, like you said, you work with local stone suppliers, so yeah. that you 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 work. I'm sure you liaise with them so they can come and template things once they're ready, so that keeps yeah. the project on track, right? Yeah, so the, the we, we we work with local stone suppliers. They they're great. Like to, you know, just uh, to have good businesses that can help you out is yeah. You know, they're a lifesaver. So yeah, um, yeah, and and interior designers are the same the same thing. You know, like they you just sort of you know where the work's coming from and you know the kind of um, what they expect and they they already know what you can offer and it sort of filters out a bit of that trouble yeah. that you can spend you know 50 emails before you decide you're, you're not the right fit for each other of course um, yeah you know. <laughs> yeah so if people want to follow along you're on instagram mm-hmm. at westport.dogwood and your mm-hmm. website is dogwooddesigns.ie and you can yep. see some examples of your kitchens the different models of bathroom vanity um and is the best place to contact you is it email instagram give you a ring any of the above? Email and Instagram are the best. Yeah. The, the phone Anna's very there. responsive. Yeah, <laughs> Address it to Anna. Um, <laughs> no, no, and look, the, the phone calls get lost during the day. Yeah. Like they just, they get missed with the noise of the workshop and then you get home to the kids and, and you know, you forget that your phone's run 15 times. So yeah. emails <laughs> and, and look, I, I understand that people generally have to follow, follow us up. A bit, yeah. which I'd recommend doing, you know, like if you don't get a response straight away, there's no harm in following up because. Um, oh, that's with any trade just, and Yeah, anything. it's just that. Yeah, everyone's got their own things to, you know, they got to find the time to get to all these yeah. things. You know? Yeah. Um, well, thanks so much, Danny and and Anna, watching on the oh sidelines for keeping the show running. It was great having you on, and um, I think that was a really good one-on-one to kind of the structure of joinery, and in, in particular, kind of where you can save, where you can splurge, yeah. and what it actually means for functionality, from aesthetics point of view. Uh, from a durability and sustainability point of view. So thank you for walking us through all that. I'm sure you'll be getting some inquiries for lovely plywood kitchens for uh, the later (laughs) half of the latter half of 2023, as you said. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks so much, Danny and and Anna, and um, we'll, we'll see you soon. No worries. Thanks, Anna. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Interiors Podcast. To learn more about our guests or anything we mentioned today, please refer back to the show notes. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at The Interiors Podcast or on my Instagram account, Tanya Neufeld Flanagan. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please subscribe, follow, leave a review, and share the podcast with friends and family. Thank you so much and see you here next time.